1: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN.
3: Good morning, Lombardi Line, VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. As we welcome you in, I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSEN studios here at the South Point. It's kind of bumping today as we head out to Ocean City, New Jersey. By the way, Tony Lombardi, Anthony Lombardi's got the meats, man. Like, I, I know this is a weird place to start. Is that your cousin? No, no relation at all. Just a,
4: he actually has a little butcher shop, literally a stone's throw from where Veteran Stadium used to be, uh, where the the link is in South Philadelphia, in what they call Prospect Park, which is kind of a a, a very Italian area. And uh, <laughs> there's a, a there's a bar over there called the Palladium that you know used to go to when i worked at the eagles used to go there for lunch little skinny joey merlino would be in there one of the great mob leaders of the philadelphia region and uh, <laughs> it's kind of a a little goomba place you know patrick so oh my anyway.
3: gosh you
4: speaking of which. you didn't want to go there but we went there i mean you know you don't know what I you're going to get i when know you ask i apologize an and like I, I
3: have one more apology to offer and that is i finally got into Couge. He's a legend. We should explain who he is, and then we'll move on to the sports. Cuisine, is that what it's called, Michael? Cuisine. It's it's, it's cousin in Italian.
4: So, like, if I say to Dominic, who's back listening this weekend, he was very upset he wasn't listening. You know, he was not able to get it back. We're back to Nesson, which is incredible. Thank you very much. But I, I think he, Cugine is, it's its a, a cousin in Italian. So he starts off with always saying Cugine, then he reviews a sandwich. You know, and it's kind of funny. It's just taken off. No, it's like, not kind
3: of funny. First off, you, you, you were the first I've ever heard mention him. He's been in the New York Post. He's getting interviews all over the place. And the brush your hair at the end. He is. He is Take so care. Funny. Brush your hair. You know? so funny. He looks like he's hilarious. He looks like
4: a Soprano I'll- side character. Oh, he did. He's got all the Italian kind of slang words, you know. And, and so, like, the, the one of my favorite ones was when he eats, he's eating a bagel, and he says, you're not supposed to eat a toasted bagel. You know, it's hilarious. But he's tremendous. If you have a chance, listen to him. He is. Uh, and keep the kids away tra-
3: from him. Sometimes it can get oh, a little yeah. racy. Yeah,
4: get a, you know, and, and he can, you know, settle down. He'll settle down a little bit. But he's funny. He's great. And it's just a, a little I – t- I tell him all the time, you know, I I, I told him we got to get you on the show. He said, I don't really know much about sports. I said, I think we need to get you on. The we, show.
3: I think we do, and. Uh um, more tolls as well. We'll get him as well. Okay. As we settle in on a Saturday, a couple things. One, I got to give credit to the staff here. They got the betting guide for the NFL draft on early. So you can go to VEASAN.com slash draft right now and check that out for just 10 bucks. It's awesome. You see it right there. Uh, Michael yeah. Lombardi will be out here for the draft next week. I cannot believe the momentum. We'll get to the basketball here in a second, but this is a draft covered like none other. I mean, this is unbelievable. The speculation, the quality Questions at quarterback, the wide receivers, it really is yeah. wild. You know, I was
4: on the phone last night with a team and we were talking about it. And, and you know, every time I talk to a team, uh, I, I, I keep quizzing them about these quarterbacks and I can't find very many teams that like them, except when I read something online, you know, that Malik Willis is similar to Josh Allen. He's, you know, in, in terms of his arm strength, he's similar to Patrick Mahomes in his movement. I mean, like, seriously, like, I don't know where this, it's just such a great study of how we can generate conversation about a player that hasn't thrown a pass since December, you know, that, and hasn't played a game, and yet we can continue to raise the value of them. And look, let's face it, everybody, everybody, everybody's great. You know, this morning I, I was on the phone with the team, and they were complaining about, you know, all their scouts think every player in this draft's better than everybody on their team. Well, that's just everything. Everybody loves new. I think that's the essence of a draft. Everybody loves new. New doesn't mean better. New just means new. But people love new.
3: You know what's fascinating? I heard the commanders, there was a leak from their war room that they like two players in the draft, and that's it. Everybody else, it's a steep drop off after two, and you're telling me another team says they like the whole draft. That's how up and down it is. Well, I mean,
4: like this. last night, the team I was talking to, I think they said they had 15 guys on their board that they thought were first-round worthy, none of them quarterbacks. And then this morning I was talking to another team, and they had about 20. I mean, literally, this is a second-round draft, no matter how much the worldwide leader wants to publicize it as the greatest draft since 83. I mean, you think we got Danny Marino in this draft. You think we got, you know, John Elway or Jim Kelly in this draft, the way everybody's behaving. Go back and look at that draft, right? There was blown picks in that draft. Does anybody remember Ken O'Brien? Of course you don't. You know, does everybody remember uh, Tony Eason? Of course you don't, because he was no good. He, but those guys had better co- collegiate careers than any of these guys do in this, in this draft.
3: Yep. Yep. You nailed it. It does seem like a very... It's
4: bizarre. Yeah. It's
3: bizarre. It does seem like a very deep draft. I don't know if it's top-heavy, but it seems very deep. Right? There's quality. Well, I
4: think a lot when you say that a lot of players are very similar, is you're not going to get a marquee player. You're, the line of demarcation cuts off fairly quickly. You can make the argument that Hutchinson's not an elite player. Fair. If you watch the Georgia tape, you could say, look, you know, nice. I like him. Good player. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. You know, it's like I, this morning I was the great Joel Bushbaum. Do you remember, Joe? Are you too young to remember the I know great the name. Joel Bushbaum? Okay, Joel Bushbaum started out in Brooklyn. Uh, he in this, oh, this apartment on this Avenue guy. I. Yep, yep, yep. You know, not a face for television. Trust me, okay? <laughs> God rest his soul, but not a face for television. Uh, big glasses, probably weighed, a, on a good day, probably weighed 120 pounds. Skinny, ate pretzels and mushrooms. This is all he ate. Fascinating guy. But he worked his tail off, and he had a photographic memory. Photographic. Like, I could call him up. And I could ask him about any player from any draft era, and he would give me height, weight, speed, the school, the history, all that, you know. And so this morning I was going through, I was working on my top hundred list, and I and I got to Barry Sanders and reminiscing about the '89 draft and going through some of those great players in there. And I thought, well, I wonder what Joel was saying about this. Well, come to find out. You know, Joel wrote a column on all these players that have Hall of Fame potential, and he wrote it in 89, and now they're coming to fruition. And you go back and read it, Joel was honest, he was clairvoyant, and he was also being able to uh, separate good from great. And that's the biggest challenge we have in pro sports in evaluation is separation of good to great. Hutchinson's a good player. He's not a great player. He's a good player. Now, nobody wants to say that because nobody wants to get Hutchinson mad at him or f- offend anybody, and God forbid if you do that. But you're talking about evaluation. Like, this is not everybody's going to play right field in this league. Not everybody's going to get a turn at bat in the NFL. I'm just sorry. It's just not going to happen.
3: Hutchinson disappeared against Georgia, to be fair. I mean, There's he no, was literally, he wasn't even on the tape. I mean, he so bad. I mean, so Dominic bad. knew that. He was watching the tape with me. He knew it. He said, where would Hutchinson go? Peaks? I said, I don't know. I don't know where he went. Dominic was too busy obsessing over the Cardinals, who've got plenty of drama. And by <laughs> the way, the you saw the biggest story about your guy with the draft is the carbs and fungi diet. Just pretzels and mushrooms? That's disgusting. That's
4: all he had. Sparky was the name of the dog. He lived on <laughs> Avenue I. I can still remember the phone number, 718-252-4481. And I would wow. call that number. This is Joel. Please leave a message. He had this distinctive voice. Coach Walsh used to love to hear his voice. Love to hear. It. Could you call that number? I, just want, I don't want him home. I just want to hear how he talks. And I would call him, 718-252-4481. And he would come on. John McCain, who we probably should get on the show, Stephen. He's a historian on Houston Bushbaum. Joel Bushbaum is truly one of the legend. I mean, literally, Patrick, personnel. Dick Steinberg of the Patriots wouldn't make a move without Joel talk- talking to Joel. Would not. Would not George Young all these old school guys that that were draft experts in their day that were personnel directors general managers? Hey, they they would listen to Joe religiously. That be, I that, can remember, I can remember Belichick coming to Cleveland in 1991, and we had the Pro Football Weekly Joe Bushbaum Guide. You know, bought like ten of them. they like they were like 14 bucks at the time. And Bill's going through it reading, and he says, wait a minute, let me, let me ask you a question here. We, we spend $150,000 to be belonged to National Scouting, and this book has more information in it, <laughs> and it's twelve ninety five.
3: He was right. Did, did Belichick ever meet him?
4: Oh, yeah, Belichick went to his funeral. Oh I was in Los Angeles. So I couldn't go. Bill went to his funeral. Yeah, I think Ernie, of course, he went to his funeral. I mean, he had NFL people go there. It was a tragic case. I mean, I think he, he just got so he's sick. and I mean, he was so skinny. And what he would do is he'd go down to the diner. How we got on Joe Bush. Bob this God is fascinating. So I don't know. He would go down to the diner where he lived. He lived on Avenue I in Brooklyn. I, I don't remember the address off the top of my head, but I would send him stuff. I'd send him Betacamp tapes. I sent him – would, everybody would send him stuff. And so he would go down to the diner, and he must have had newspaper clippings from all over the country, and he would read through those clippings and learn about all the teams. You could, not, you, you could ask him at 2 o'clock in any morning and say, hey, Joel, who's the left guard on the Houston Texans? And he'd give you the whole litany of them.
3: <laughs> the fact that you remember his number – blows me away like you just reiterated the number or just regurgitated the number just like that that's in, that's he, fascinating he
4: we but if he were alive today the moral of this whole story if he were alive today he would be disgusted with all this he would just the be mock shaking. drafts and,
3: and the, the well the way
4: that people are mocking the drafts and the way people are evaluating talent and that, that's my whole point in bringing him up is because joel could separate good from great and unfortunately, we live in a society now that we don't want to ever separate it. We want everybody to be great. We, wanna, we want everybody to play right field. We want everybody to get a, a turn at bat. You know, we want that. But the NFL's not like that.
3: And we sat here last week. Aiden Hutchinson was minus 230 to go one overall. That number is dropping. He's now minus 170. Trayvon Walker, two to one. So that gap continues to close as far as who's going to be taken one overall yeah
4: I was told last night that the, the again this could just be, this is rumor this is not fact. I was told last night that that Balky, the general manager from San Francisco, really loves Walker, and that the ownership, the son and and the owner, which is one of the reasons why they 're one of the most losing franchises in the history of sports, which they could have a thirty thirty written for them, really prefer Hutchinson for people see Hutchinson as safe, you know and safe. I've learned through my career it doesn't necessarily mean good. It just means that he's not going to blow up character-wise. It doesn't mean he's going to take off. Now, I think Hutchinson's going to work hard. He's going to do all the things you need him to do. And But is he going to be great? I mean, when the Raiders turned in Cleveland Farrell, we knew he wasn't going to be great. Mike Mayock's first draft, he turned that player in. We knew it. Yep. You know?
3: 100%. But this Hutchinson, we we think he'll be good because of his effort, but at least you could see it whereas in Farrell you couldn't. Draftguidevision.com coming back with the NBA next here Lombardi line on a Saturday.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
4: Listening to the Lombardi
1: line on V featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay,
3: our buddy Jeff Siegel over at ExpressBet got plays for you today with the ponies. Aqueduct, first race. Jeff likes the three horse. Forwardly at nine to five on the morning line. Keeneland, ninth race. Jeff has the one horse. Bema's Boy on top at five to one. You can bet these races and more using FirstBet, the preferred horse betting app of V Sign up today, FirstBet app. If you do use the promo code Vegas 22 and bet at least 25 bucks on the Kentucky Derby, you're going to get $25 in free bets to use on the Preakness and $25 for the Belmont. First bet, using the code Vegas1000, get 10 bucks instantly and up to $1,000 bonuses. Again, for all the information here, go to vsun.com slash horses. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Marr. This is a question I have for you. Did you bring your, yeah. did you bring your broom today and get ready for the Philly sweep? We'll get to that. Um, but yeah. I, let's, I, I didn't bring a broom. I mean, I look, I, I think it's,
4: it's uh, where you can go wherever no, you want to go. I, I, this,
3: and I want to ask you about uh, the big guy's thumb as well, but quickly get your take on what we saw last night. The three games actually, You know, that late game was very entertaining. We'll get to it in a second, but we'll start with Trey Young and the floater, Michael, with four seconds left. You know, Young had struggled in the first two, played well yesterday, though. And this is a team now, over their last 24, they're 21-3 and at home in Atlanta. The big you miss. Know, How about Lowry going out with a hamstring injury as well? I, I was just going
4: to say that. I think only playing 23 minutes in the game, and look, that this game, the run that Boston made in the, excuse me, the run that Miami made in the fourth, in the third quarter to get that lead. You know, they they outscored them 31-16, and the fight back by Atlanta was really impressive. And Lowry going out, but I, I think really when you look at this game. You know, trade it, and really, I mean, in the second half, I think he only attempted two shots until he finally got going. Yeah, you know, and he finally got himself going, and they needed it. I mean, I, I think to me, one thing we learn about a seven-game series is you might steal one; it's going to be hard to steal two. But the Lowry injury, I think, is significant. I really do. I think that kind of allows them maybe to steal another one, perhaps. But you know, Miami let that get away. I mean, the Butler shot. To tie the game up or to get the lead on the game over by their bench was incredible. You know, some of the playmaking down the stretch I thought was outstanding.
3: Looks questionable for Kyle Lowry in game four, left with the hamstring. It was a weird game because he had the Hawks up 68-63 early in the third. And then you mentioned Miami goes on that torrent run, and they go up 16. Then there was that hour delay with the bomb squad. Then we come back. And the Hawks fight to stay alive, Bogdanovich 18, Herter 17, you know, DeAndre Hunter playing great defense. That was the piece that was missing last year. It's interesting with this team, Michael, because this was the team that was so full of swag last year. Go to the conference finals. They did push uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and they're kind of back in the mix, especially with the Kyle Lowry injury.
4: And Bogdanovich I thought was spectacular. Some of those corner threes he hit, you know, with a guy in his face was outstanding. And, you know, I thought Butler was really good too. Look, I, I agree. I think Lowry's injury helps them. But Butler can play the point. I mean, he plays the point so effectively for them. You know, he can get into their offense. And, you know, Bam played 35 minutes last night. So, you know, he was able to overcome any of those injuries, concerns that he had. And, you know, I just feel like they're, they'll they figure this out, and now it's going to be hard to replace Lowry over an extended period of time. And I don't understand how conditioned athletes, as good as these NBA players are, are pulling hamstrings this late into the season. It just kind of shows you perhaps maybe they need to work harder during the season. Well, Devin Booker, well, he's dealing with the pulled yeah. hamstring as well. That's the reason he's out. It's inexcusable to have soft tissue injuries at this point at this point of the season. I mean, do you, do you hear many great NFL players have hamstring pulls at, at the late in the year? No, it's wild. Of course you
3: don't. You're 100% right. So that stays under the total. 1-11, uh, 110, Hawks win. They were catching, you know, two and a half in the game as it closed. Let me just make sure I get the number right. They, they were catching two, one and a half, two. Now, you want to take a shot at what they opened tomorrow. Miami favored in Atlanta game four. What do you think the number is? I think the number's two again. It is two. Open one and a half to bet up to two. So Miami, yeah. with the question marks around Lowry, still favored in game four in Atlanta.
4: Well, I mean, look, at I think if you're Eric Spolster, you're probably really saying to yourself, look, fellas, we can't give up 39 points in the second quarter, and we sure as hell can't give up 34 in the fourth. So if we can eliminate those two bad defensive quarters, you know, which are reflective of their bench and their inability to really get stops. You know, then I think that you, they can win this. They can win this game on on what's Sunday night. But I mean, until they do that, that's going to be the challenge.
3: How about the Bucks, the defending champs? I mean, they we, showed up. I mean, it, how about we nailed that cap? We too? called that yes. Yeah. Sir. It, yeah, we called that 111-81. I mean, that was,
4: That's the trap everybody falls into. Player goes, you know, you lose Middleton. Oh, it's going to – no, the great players play better. You know, the great players play much better. Holiday only had two turnovers. Even though Giannis only played – he had only scored 18 points. You know, it it wasn't that much. And they only went to the line five times. But here comes Grayson Allen, eight. you know, five of seven from the three-point line. I mean, this game was over in the first quarter. Did you ever doubt it was not? No.
3: Never in doubt. Up 24 in the second quarter. Up 60 to 41 at the break. We specifically said Allen, Connaughton, Bobby Portis, and Holiday have to step up. I added it up. They scored 67 points combined. Bobby Portis starts instead of Middleton. He goes 18 and 16 boards. You mentioned the turnovers. They weren't there for Holiday and Grayson Allen hit five three pointers. So it's yeah. like 22 points and five threes from Allen. Yeah, you're not gonna. You're going to have to be the better team to beat Milwaukee,
4: even if you're, even if they're missing a player. Now, if they're missing Giannis, it's a whole different story. But you know they can overcome Middleton in this series. They can't overcome Middleton when Agreed. they, when the level of comp goes up. And Chicago couldn't count on, uh, on, on, uh, on DeRozan to get 41 again. I mean, he had 11. They, they trapped him. They did everything in their power to keep him. He only took nine shots. They, they limited him to nine shots.
3: I was so disappointed you know, by the Bulls, by really, the way. That was their first yeah, really home was. game in five years, Michael. First home playoff know, game in five amazing. years. And I just, there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but when you watch, there's just something missing. They only shot 39% from the field and less than 27% from three. Didn't you feel like disappointed in the Bulls? I think, you know, DeRozan's a, a good, again, let's talk good to great. I think DeRozan's
4: a really good player. Is he a great player? Great players get more than nine shots. I mean, he was four of nine from the floor. You know, he's got to carry them. He can't leave the court with 11 points. I mean, Tony Bradley played six minutes and had 10 points. I know it was garbage time. I get that. But the reality of it is is your best player's got to score. Your best player has to play its best when the game's on the line. And, you know, and that's what happened. They took him away from them, and they really didn't care how many shots Vucevic got or Levine. They wanted to limit the amount of shots that DeRozan was able to attempt, and that helped them win the game. Give give Coach Bud credit for his
3: defensive game plan. No Middleton. You mentioned it. Giannis, 18 points, you know, nine assists, seven boards. they didn't get – he was playing – I mean, they played great defense. And it's almost like if you're the Bucs, you're thrilled. Giannis only drops 18, and we blow this team out, 111-81. I mean, it stays well under the under uh, the total as well. Uh, yeah. Tremendous performance. I mean, you
4: can't even look at the stats in the game because the stats are so misleading because the game was over at halftime that in the second half, in the third quarter when they were – everything else kind of – jockeys itself in there. You sit there and say, well, how does Chicago lose the game? They shot 40% from the field. They shot almost, uh, you know, they shot 27%. You know, like, what happened here? Well, obviously they shot poorly in the beginning of the game, and they couldn't get back in it, and they couldn't get stops either. I mean, They got held to 81 points.
3: Yeah, and you're not going to see Middleton the rest of the series. I don't know if you need him against this Bulls team. That was a dispirited effort coming back home. Yeah. You know, you rip home. But what happens when when you get an injury, there is a sense of your
4: team, especially if you're a team of winners, with mental toughness. You say, look, we're going to raise up. I think we're seeing this with Dallas. That's why I, like, that's why I have liked Dallas all year. Yeah. Because I think Dallas is mentally tough, and I think Dallas doesn't sit there and say, okay, Luca, we, we can't win without you. They want to prove they can win without you. They're, they're, they're kind of tied together. And Milwaukee being champions down 0-2 last year tied themselves together. And to me, this is why they were the better play against Chicago. I didn't care whether Middleton played or not.
3: And up closing two and a half obviously easily cover game four tomorrow it's the early game in chicago you want to take a stab at the number
4: i i thought the number should have been five and a half
3: before remember i
4: said that yes. and it was like three i thought I, I think it's back up to five and a half which it should be
3: four getting closer though actually it's been bet up to four and a half so milwaukee yeah. lane four opened up to four and a half at a couple of shops at Chicago. Game four tomorrow. The total 219 hasn't budged, but again, uh, 111 81, well under the posted total yesterday. Um, let's get started here, and then we'll come back, finish it up, and start capping today's games. The Suns, no Booker, no problem. Michael, a 114 111 win. Although I'm really impressed with New Orleans. I'm impressed yeah, with the I first mean, year head too. coach. They're, if they're, if Zion was healthy and good to go, this is a dangerous team.
4: I mean, I'm really impressed with Ingram. I mean, Ingram's got some Kevin Durant kind of stroke to him, doesn't he? The Tremendous. Way he, the way the ball goes through the net, like it doesn't even touch it. You know, I mean, look, I, and I think the McCollum has given them that veteran leadership maturity that Carolina doesn't have that maybe New Orleans will, and if they could ever get Zion to kind of get in shape and, and get going – they've got a lot of pieces to work with down
3: there. 100%, Ingram 34, McCollum 30, as you mentioned, Alvarado was great, Devontae Graham was great, but the big story was Chris Paul, 19 in yeah. the fourth to close it out, because this this was a, a, a tie game, essentially, throughout the fourth, and the difference yeah, I mean, was Paul.
4: His pick and roll with, you know, and Ayton scored, you know, we, caught, we thought Ayton would jump up and play well, you know, the pick and roll just killed him, and he made some shots. I mean, when he missed that three, got the rebound, and kicked it over into the corner, I mean, you just kind of, you felt like like all the energy drained out of new
3: orleans deandre 8 and 28 and 17 he was big we come back here capping the association lombardi line
1: you're listening to the lombardi line on v featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: As you know, v is all in for the draft coverage, and fabulous Las Vegas is where the draft is going down. We have a special draft preview show tomorrow here on v 6 p.m., Tim Murray, Sean King will break down all the first-round prospect and Props you can bet on. Of course, it's going to be awesome. Expert guests include legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger, of course, Michael Lombardi, former NFL lineman TV host Mike Golick, and his son. VSIN's draft preview special is tomorrow at 6 p.m. exclusively right here on VSIN. And don't forget to download the NFL draft betting guide featuring Best Bets mock drafts for just 10 bucks. It's all there. VSIN.com slash draft for more information. We got it done early. It's awesome. It's exhaustive, extensive. You're going to love it. And we're going to make you some money as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, the NBA playoffs underway. So let's get into it. 76ers Raptors. This number open, of course, an opportunity to close out the series for your 76ers. Three has been bet down to two and a half at a couple of shops. Most are still showing three. I didn't know this. Maybe you did. But the news yesterday, the thumb, there's an issue Embiid. What's going on?
4: Well, I mean, you know, we saw him on, on the what Wednesday night shaking his thumb around. Yep. It was painful. You know, he made the shot with it. Then the other yesterday at practice, the two days, he's kind of worn this brace. And there may be ligament damage. I don't think he's gone for an MRI because I think if he goes for the MRI, then, you know, it, and he has ligament, then what do they decide to do? So, uh, you know, he says he's going to play through it. He's got to play through it, you know, and I, and I think ultimately he can. It's a pain tolerance issue, and it's probably not very good for him. And it's hard to numb that. You know, usually when you have something that's kind of bothering you, there can be some numbing. But the problem is you can't numb your hands because you need to feel the touch of the ball and and do all that. So he's going to have to fight through it. And the 76ers are going to have to rally around him. Look, I don't think the Raptors are going to go home. I don't think they're of the mindset to just retreat and get swept. I think Nick Nurse put it well when he said, look, people come back from 3-1, so all we got to do is win one game and we're at 3-1. We shall see. I think they'll play their best tonight. I don't know where Scotty Barnes is. I doubt if he could play, but maybe he will.
3: Yeah, it's fuzzy math by Nurse. He's having fun with it because no team has ever come back down 0-3. Uh, it, by the way, that injury t- is on the shooting hand for Embiid, we mm-hmm. should note, which is, which is big here, Michael.
4: Yeah, no doubt. But he's made, you know, look, he played the whole, I mean, I think he, I don't know where he heard it. I thought he, do you miss, you remember that dunk he had the other night where it just was one of his, I thought one of his best plays in his career where he just really just took two steps and went above the rim tremendously and slammed it down. But he did that with his left hand. He didn't do it with his right hand. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I thought maybe on that play is where he heard it on the rim, but that wasn't the play. And he was shaking it the whole night. But look, he made a lot of clutch shots with it. So we shall see it's it's obviously they're treating them they're they're handling it, and if it 's a a sprain you know what what people don't realize when you use the word sprain on ligaments, that still implies a tear there's a level of sprain, so when the ligament's still attached it 's the sprain, but if there's if it 's separated, then it's the sprain i'm not a doctor here, Patrick, certainly not, but i mean i'm trying to give you what I was told sure. by doctors in most of these medical meetings is that a sprain is there's ligaments have been stretched. A tear is is when they're apart. And so, obviously, he's got some form of strain.
3: He's been tremendous. And, by the way, the reason Toronto and there's no Scotty Barnes, Siakam just popped up as a game-time decision. I don't know what that's about because I didn't hear of an injury, but I'll keep you updated as the show progresses. But here's the difference. I mean – Toronto can't rebound with Philly and Philly lives at the, th- at the free throw line. We know yeah. what happens with Harden. and we know what happens with Embiid. They're shooting 10 more free throws a game in the series. And maxie has been great by the way, Maxi's uh, player prop today for points, 18 and a half. He's cleared the 18 and a half in all three. I do like the over for Maxie, but you know, Harris has been really good defensively as well. Tobias Harris has stepped up in the series.
4: No doubt. He's played really well. And, and I think, I think that they need Maxie to score over 18. I think they need Maxie to be that aggressive player to penetrate, drive, and create. And uh, the one area where where Toronto was really good going in the series, and this is where they've always had the advantage on Philly, was their rebounding. Was their rebounding. I mean, they're the second-best team in offensive rebounding. And Philly has really worked hard to neutralize that. And I think that's been the biggest difference in this game. I mean, look, Toronto's offensively in a half-court set. They're 16th in points per possession. They're one of the worst E field goal shooting teams in the league at 51.2%. But when they do that, they also get offensive rebounds. They're number two in the league. They don't turn the ball over and they get offensive rebounds, which kind of hides their inability to shoot. So for me if you take away that offensive rebounding and you allow them not to get second chance points, then all of a sudden you're pretty good.
3: There's good reason. The unders two and one in the series, including game three, they couldn't cover it in overtime michael there's good reason the totals dropping 214 opener it's been bet down to 213 at most shops as we see that come down no tie again of course can't play in toronto their best perimeter defender but it's completely different game the game slowed down obviously the pacing slows down and uh, every possession a premium this is playoff basketball that's why that totals dropping
4: right and and look toronto also points per possession in transition fourth frequency of points In in transition, number two in the NBA. Philadelphia, in those two categories, were 27th and 20th. So the matchup, why I like Toronto in this series, was because the matchups really favored them in transition. But Philly has done a very good job of getting back in transition. They're going to have to continue to do that. I mean, Toronto's going to come out and play hard in the first quarter. I think what Philly's got to do is stay with them, stay with them, and see how badly they want to keep playing in the fourth. If this game becomes a laugher in the third, then Philly's going to retreat and go home. But if this game stays close in the third, then I think Philly wins it down the stretch.
3: Three opener, three at most shops. I see a couple of two and a halves out there. The you mentioned they're outscoring them for possession. They're better in transition. I thought Toronto was going to kill them in transition because as far as Me transition too. defense, nobody's been worse than the 76ers this year. But the 76ers have gotten out and run when they've had opportunities.
4: They, they really have been much better in transition both ends of the court, right? Yep. I mean, during, during the season, they were one of the worst teams. Their frequency of transition baskets was ranked them 20th in the NBA. Now, they're, now they've improved that tremendously. And so they have really worked hard to do that. And, and look, Toronto typically has been a very good transition defense team. They have been. They were in the top ten in the NBA, but they haven't been able to do that. And I think a lot of this is because Phillies control the backboards. I mean, you know, what Dr. John said two weeks ago, you know, basketball is not a complicated, you control the rebounds, you control the, the, the second chance shots, you know, you become a better team.
3: You know, it's not a good sign for Toronto when Embiid. I think he was five of 15 in Game One. They win that one. Maxi stepped up big time. The facilitation from your boy Harden has been really, really good. I thought. I think Harden's yeah. been really clean in this series, to be fair. And to the opposite, Van vliet has been awful. The last two, he's yeah, I, I ten of 36. He looks. He looks off, doesn't looks he? Fat. He looks he, fat to he, me. He, I mean, he, he looks does. Chunky. He looks fat. He, I'm, he looks I'm trying to be. Kind. I mean, look. I'm you're a right. fat guy. No, you're right. He does. Just, he looks I mean, bloated. He looks yeah, he's I, always I, had that body, he, but he, he, it, it looks, it it looks, does, worse, it looks worse right now for some reason.
4: You know, the one thing I will say that's easier, one of the things about watching the NBA that I always felt was helpful to me in my career as an evaluator was I thought you could detect in NBA players the lack of juice in their lower body. You know, the, the lift, the spring. You could see the decline of an athlete cleaner in the NBA than you could in the NFL. The NFL, you could hide it a little bit more through scheme. Yeah. The NBA, the last eight minutes of the game, you can't hide anything. And and with Van Fleet, I'm not saying his career is over, but he may need to rechange and reevaluate his off season training habits because he doesn't seem to have the same juice. I thought the same thing about Butler when Butler first came to Philly. I'm like, how many years does this guy have left? Can he keep still doing it? And I think, and during the season, he did. I would have signed Butler. I would have been scared to give him five years of guaranteed money because I thought he would run out. But when I watch Butler now, I'm thinking, man, he has really worked on his conditioning and his juice juices. He's leaned out.
3: He's leaned out, you notice. Yes. And I think that's what Van Fleet misses. I think you're right. I I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, he just looks... Like he's never had back to Wichita state. He's never had a good body, but no, no offense to him, but he, just, he looks out of shape and he's, he's killed him. Siakam hasn't been great. Gary Trent jr. Has been really good. Uh, and an has been very good. They just don't have the size to battle. They can't rebound with the 76ers. And frankly, I think even you would agree. I've been really impressed by just kind of the spirit and how hard yeah. the 76ers are playing on both ends of the ball.
4: And it starts with Amid. I mean, he's raised his level of play tremendously. As good as he played in the regular season, he took a mother may I step up forward. And you've got to give him credit for that. As critical as I've been on him at times of underachieving, he's now stepped up his game. And I think it's paid off dividends. And the Sixer team has rallied around it. And one of the reasons they've been so good on the boards is because of Tobias. He's been able to do a great job of handling the backboard.
3: So three right now, again total two thirteen. Are they gonna close out the Raptors today in four? I would lean sweep? towards
4: taking the three. I mean look that last game they won, they won by a point. They've never been very good. I mean history's gonna to continue to repeat itself. They've never won up in Toronto very much. This win was kind of surprising. I think if you're Toronto you take it. If they win, they're gonna win maybe by a point. I don't think it's gonna be a route. Going to be a cl- it's either to me this game's going in two directions. It's either gonna be a route by Toronto or a very close win by Philly.
3: I don't even have to ask you. We're going to cap the Mavs and Jazz coming up in just a bit. Jick Jack's going to join us from the Beau Ravage next. I don't even have to ask you. It's a gift. You're getting six with the Mavs. I know you're all mm, in somewhere. on the Mavs right now. It, it is. Why not? That, that number is. If,
4: I mean, why would I turn away from it? Why would I go away? Luca's going to play. Why would I go away from that? They're Luke. going to continue to give me a gift.
3: They're playing great defense. They're slowing Utah down big time. Jick Jack next here at Lombardi Line.
1: to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Of
3: course, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today. Win 200 bucks if you place a $10 money line wager on any NBA team to hit a three. Regardless of your bets outcome, you're going to win the 200 bucks. You got to use the code v 200 V-S-I-N 200. Again, 10 bucks to win 200 for new bettors over at BetMGM. Hit them up, BetMGM.com, for all the details. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. 21 years or older. As we got you back here, Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to head out to Biloxi, Mississippi. Carl Johnson, old boy Jick Jack on Twitter, runs the race and sports book there. Uh, at the Beau Rivage, and I noticed before he's he's at the spa today. We, we we love to see it, and I noticed I noticed before we got you on, you had to you were regulating your staff there, Carl. They were getting a little rowdy behind you.
5: Oh yeah, always. You know, I'm always dealing with that. They're excited, uh, but I look. I had to leave the spa, and I know I had it last week, but. Michael didn't get a chance to see it, and I, you know, this is the Lombardi room right here. So yeah, I
4: love uh, it. It looks good. It looks it's, good. It's, I, I mean, I thought you were going to have Disney in the background because your boy Berman's been down there for about a month now. I mean, I don't know if he's ever coming
5: back. <laughs> I, oh, I, we missed him, you know. He wasn't on the pod. I had to bring in uh, the boys from Notebook Wager and uh, you know three guys to take care of his one spot. That's how valuable yeah, well, you he know.
4: Is. You know, I mean, he just he just you know, leaves you in a lurch. I mean, got to <laughs> go to Disney. I mean, I've never seen a man go to Disney more. I mean, he taking pictures with Walt and Mickey and everybody down there. It's it's been a it's been a, quite a show. Do you I mean, do, do you yeah, two like Disney? I, I Have you I ever been, much time off Have you ever been to, to Disney? Disney? Yeah, I mean, he, he that oh, was yeah. his
5: that was his, Scot- that was his Scotty Scheffler winnings from the Masters.
3: <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> a Disney trip. Love it,
4: Patrick. It's awesome. I love it. It's it.
3: awesome Love to see it. Now, Carl Johnson, we've got the four on the NBA board, and Bond and I were discussing. You got a box, You got Tyson Fury fighting tonight. Are you going to get any action on the boxing match tonight?
5: Yeah, we've already got a few plays. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's not a real big uh, uh, sport, I guess. Uh, for us down here, but we do get some action, and most of the time when we do get action, it's large plays. But yeah, we got we got some.
3: That's good to hear. That's good to hear. How's the handle been for the NBA playoffs so far? Got four more on the board. We're going to start with the Seventy Sixers and Raptors, but first, an overview on your handle there at the Beau Rivage.
5: Yeah, so it's been really good. You know, um, I, I mean, this is the time of the year. You know, our our betters down here for whatever reason they 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 really start getting on the NBA once college basketball ends and uh, uh our handle's been really good
3: it's good to hear michael's 76ers as you know carl could close out the raptors uh, uh, north of the border today i got an opener of three sitting three and we've got 213 on the total where are you there at the beau Rivage?
5: yeah so we opened this at uh two and a half 214 and a half uh and right now we're at uh, philly three and a half minus a dollar five and 213 and a half. Uh, you know, a lot, lot, lot going on here. Um, you know, the big question is, will Philly sweep? Uh, you know, in, in bit hit that three pointer at the end of the end of overtime there uh, uh, the other night. I mean, that's you know, after I guess being down by 17, uh, they never they never led uh, until early uh, in the overtime period. Uh, I mean, this is the type of a play I think that uh, you know can deflate a team like Toronto and. You know, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if uh, Philly don't finish it off.
4: Yeah. Are you getting any six-figure, any any heavy bets coming in here?
5: Um, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, look, for us, uh, on the future side of it, uh, believe it or not, Philly is our best-case scenario. We're, we're we're pulling for Philadelphia to win it all here. Um, but, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we get uh, we get pretty good action on this.
3: What, what way were they betting the Pelicans last night? Just curious, regionally, were you getting Suns action or Pelican action last night?
5: No, we had Pelican action last night. Yeah, they, it, it just, you know, it's, I guess it's, uh, it's a runover from SEC uh, football. You know, the people down here, they're going to bet uh, their, their closest teams. You know, they tend to bet uh, Pelicans. They, they like the Houston Astros. Uh, and believe it or not, we have a big market for uh, Tampa Bay Lightning here. No, kid- wow. no, no kidding.
4: Wow.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's, that's hilarious. You know, back in the day, you know, t- p- because of radio, people became fans of, you know, like because of the big AM stations, you know, there was a lot of people in sh- in the Midwest became Cardinal fans because you could get that. Now, you know, it's kind of interesting how fandoms started, the Lightning and Biloxi. I mean, I would have never linked those two things together. I know. That's yeah, wild.
5: I mean, I think what it is is, uh, you know, our marketing team, we have a bunch of uh, charter flights that come out of that area. To hear, and you know, look Stanley Cup. When Stanley Cup gets here, if they're involved, I'll have a packed house full of Lightning people. Wow, that's fascinating! I love to hear it. So good, Dallas,
3: Utah, of course. Dallas took a commanding two-one series lead. Brunson was great in Game Three. Where are you sitting on this one, Carl?
5: Yeah, so so this one uh, we opened at uh, uh, minus five and two twelve. Um, and right now we're at uh, Utah minus five and a half, minus one fifteen, and two twelve and a half. Um, you know, yeah, Dallas is, uh, you know, we've got a two-one lead without uh, without Luca. Um, you know, uh, uh, this is a, this is an interesting series. I mean, our people, this is a perfect case scenario here. So the people down south here, they'll be they're they're playing Dallas here. Uh, y you, you know, so it's just one of those things. Um, we, You know, we'll see what happens here. But, um, you know, right now it looks like we probably need Utah in this series.
4: That's going to be a hard one to get. I think Luka coming back and, you know, the, the ability of Dallas' defense to, to really neutralize a team that was one of the best teams in the league. I mean, points per possession, Utah was number one. E field goal percentage, Utah was number two and Dallas being eighth in both categories defending them have been the superior team. I think the key in this game is going to be, Patrick, when they go small, which I think Utah will because of what happened in the third quarter, how Dallas reacts. And, of course, Kidd and his staff have had some time to prepare for that.
3: Yep, and Gobert's been exposed again in the postseason. You're right about them going small as well. Carl Johnson joining us here on the Lombardi line. How about your take on the Celtics' Nets? I want the number, but I also want a jick-jack lean on this one.
5: Yeah, so this game's had a little bit of movement. Uh, we opened uh, Nets minus three, two twenty-three and a half this morning. Uh, when we opened the doors, we were at uh, two and a half minus one fifteen, and now we're back to three and a half minus a dollar five, two twenty-two and a half. So, um, y- you know, I do have a take on this game. Look, there's there's a lot going on with this game, and this is. One of the reasons that that shies me personally away from betting NBA basketball, um, you know, I, I uh, you know, Boston leads this series two nothing, um, and you know, just a stat that I got from one of our guys, uh, Stevie Shrimp, uh, Boston is forty and one all time in seven game series when they lead two nothing. Um, you, you know, the thing that I don't like about uh, what's going on here is you know where where's Kyrie at. I mean, he's just got so much going on, Yep. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, and, and look, it's it's nothing to do with, uh, you know, I believe in the person should have their own personal beliefs. I'm all for that a hundred percent, but there's gotta be some point in time when you're on a team sport that you have to do what's best for the team. And I, I think personally that Harden figured that out and I think he wanted to get out of there and, you know, he's in a better place, but, uh. You know, I mean, Kyrie, he's not vaxxed. I mean, he's listening to the crowd. You know, now he's fasting and stuff like that. And it just, you know, it's, just, it's it's unbelievable what's going on here.
4: You know, with Kyrie, it's always something. I mean, as, you know, and, and it's, what's the tragedy of Kyrie is he's a great, not a good, he is right. an elite basketball player. And all the stuff on the side, the fasting, you know, forget the vaccination. I mean, he has his right to do whatever he wants to do. But to me, it distracts you away from how great of a player he really is. Uh, All-timer. Yeah.
5: Uh, you know, it's, it, it boils down to me. My dad told me a long time ago, you know, uh, you you want your, you want your friends or your teammates, ask yourself this question. Do you want them in a foxhole with you? And I, the, the answer for me, I don't want Kyrie in a foxhole with me, I, I, I want somebody that's going to go at it a hundred percent, just like me all the time.
3: I, Jick Jack's a legend. I know Papa Jick Jack was definitely a legend. Before we say goodbye, quickly, Grizzlies, Timberwolves, and we want to get the menu. Can the T-Wolves emotionally bounce back here, chick, chick
5: Uh, You know, I don't know. We opened at three and 233 and a half. We're at two and a half, minus 115, and 232 and a half right now. Uh, you know, defensively, I mean, the Grizzlies are, you know, they've given up 96 and 95 in games two and three. Uh, they're playing some pretty good defense. Uh, I you know I don't know I, I like the Grizzlies in this spot. Uh, as far as the food goes, I mean Lombardi <laughs> ranked me on that this morning. I seen that I seen all those steaks he posted up. On, <laughs>
3: but,
5: you know, so uh, tonight he you know he uh, uh, Michael made my decision for me. I'm eating a steak tonight.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
5: Love it. I That's
3: love the it, little Carl. things, Carl. Man, you make me laugh. Carl it. Johnson. One it. more is the pod. Jick Jack Johnson on Twitter. Beau Ravage. Stop by. Get a selfie with the legend jick jack thank you carl appreciate you thank you jack guys jack. you guys you too michael y'all have a good day okay thank you carl appreciate it why why when he simply tells me what he's eating for the day does it make me happy I, I, yeah he, it's just it's unbelievable he put, i mean it so you
4: know, makes stuff. everything sound good you know it's
3: like a great player he makes everybody else better he does and you're right about Kyrie. he's an all-time great we'll come
1: back and talk that game
2: work.